Okay, okay, we're on over here now. Um, we're holding Yishmuel Beis by Perek Tezayin, chapter 16. And we are in middle of a very terrible uh, battle or war, and that's the war of Avshalom with his father, David HaMelech. Um, people adding? Right. Okay, as we know that a couple of prakim ago we read about the Chet, the sin of David HaMelech with Bathsheba. And then the Navi Nasan told him that he's going to be punished and punished severely um, in a number of ways. And that's really what's playing itself out in these parakim that we are in the middle of. So in the last parak, which is Perak Tezvav, we learned about the beginning of the rebellion against David by his son Avshalom. And Avshalom was a um, definitely a great son, a great warrior, and he had a tremendous amount of charisma, and he was able to attract many, many, uh, many, many, many Yidin that came to be with him. And he rebelled. He um, and and David Amalek actually ran away from Yerushalayim. Um, David didn't want to really fight his son Avshalom, and he and Avshalom was also surrounded by uh, great, by strong people, and so on. So David, in the last chapter, David left Yerushalayim, and he was left by people. Uh, he was he, there was uh, people who came to David, and David, as we've been learning, there was those who were David's friends and stood with him even in this difficult time, and there's those who went to Avshalom. Um, and in this past uh, parak, we had, for example, we had the two koyanim. The uh, one who was the koyan Godel was Tzadok, and the other koyan was Evyasar, and they had come to be with David. And David sent them back to the city to Yerushalayim to be there as a like a like to try to help him from within. He sent them back. He said, "I need you there, and basically you'll let me know what's going on." And as we'll see today, how that plays itself out um, very much in David's favor. Another person who um, came to David in last parak, and David sent him back was a person named Chushi. Where am I here? Um, Chushi Ha'arki, I believe his name was. Right, Chushai Ha'arki. And he also came to David, and he also, David, sent him back to Yerushalayim, and he said, you be there, and you be in touch with the Kayanim, with Avyasar, with Sadaik, and I need you there to help me. And that's really how that Perik finished, Perik Tes Vav. And that's where we, we begin in Perik Tes Zion. Um, and here, there's a continuation of the people who are coming to David either for or against. So in Perak uh, Tezayin, we have someone else who we remember, and that is Tziva. Tziva was, is the one who was a servant of Mipi Baishas. Just to remind us from Prakim past, Mipi Baishas was the son of Yonason. Right? Uh, uh, David's close friend, Yonason, son of Shal, had a son, Mipi Baishas. You'll recall Mipi Baishas was a, was a cripple, actually. And he had a servant named Tziva. And David was very good to them, and David invited them in to be in his palace. So now, in the beginning of Tezayin, we have Tziva shows up. And Tziva comes with uh, oxen, with donkeys, laden with food, and so on and so forth. And David asks Tziva, what, what is all this for? And he says, it's for you, it's for you, and for the soldiers, and for the people who went with you. And David asks now Tziva, so well, where's your master? Where's Mipi Baishas? And Siva now talks Lashon Hara, and something which is not true. And he says, my master stayed back in the city because he's happy that you're now on the run. After all, my master is a grandson of Shaul HaMelech, and he feels that now is the time when you'll be punished for your misdeeds. 
and and that he'll be able to uh, regain some position in the Malchus. So again, I hope I'm not being unclear, but Siva is really a servant to Mipiboshes, Mipiboshes, the son of Yonason. And Siva comes now to David, and he's telling David that that um, that Mipiboshes is really rebelling against David as well, which is not true, as we'll see, but that's what Mipiboshes tells David. Now, we'll remember, though, that David never does anything against the house of Shaul or his friend Yonason, and therefore, David says, listen, take everything back and take it to your master. He says, I'm not going to touch anything from your master, Mephibosheth. And that's, uh, and there's, right now, there's no more interchange, interchange between David um, and Siva, and that will come later after David is going to be victorious. Okay, we move a little further in the Perik, and we meet another very interesting person, and that's Shimi ben Gera. Um, Shimi ben Gera is a person, and as, as we're going to see in the story, there's a number of people who were great people. They were leaders of the Jewish people. Um, in different ways, but a number of them went off over here and they sided with Avshalom, David's son. One of those people was Shimi ben Gera. According to Rashi, Shimi ben Gera was the head of the Sanhedrin. Um, Shimi ben Gera is from the family of Shaul. Um, and in fact, later in the story of Purim, we have Mardachai, who's the son of Mardachai ben Yoyer ben Kish, um, ben Shimi ben Kish. Mardachai is a grandson of this Shimi ben Gera. So Shimi ben Gera, if uh, if someone's following from inside, we're holding in pasuk um, pasuk hey, it says that uh, David comes and v'hini misham ish yotzei Someone is coming out from the family of Shaul, u'shmoi Shimi ben Gera, and this Shimi ben Gera is going and he's cursing David, he's cursing at David, he's throwing stones at David, and he's 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 uh, shaming David. And he says, man of blood, the person who spilled all this blood, is finally you're leaving Yerushalayim. Hashem should uh, turn, return to you all for all the people that you killed and that you took the kingdom of Shaul from him. And now finally Hashem is taking the Melucha from you and giving it to your son of Shalem. So this Shimi is really cursing David and talking against David. So one of David's generals, Avishai, well, recall, D David has his general Yoav ben Surya and his brother and his brother Yoav and Avishai are brothers. So Avishai tells David, "Why, why should we let this person curse you? I'll, I'll go. I'll, I'll kill him. I'll, uh, I'll remove his head from him." And David tells Avishai, and this uh, he's not, not going to say a statement that it becomes a famous statement and something that the Alter Rebbe talks about in Tanya also. Um, he says, "Children of Surya, wh why would I listen to you?" He says, let this person curse me. If he's cursing me, Hashem Omar lo kalil. Hashem told him to curse me. So why would I stop him? That's what David HaMelech says. And this becomes, a um, again, a quote that the Alter Rebbe uses in Tanya, um, where he tells us that a person has to have a munah, that everything that happens is happening from Hashem. And even when someone is doing something evil, even when someone is doing an Avera, the fact that it's being done to me, for me, that's something I have to take it as a message. Hashem wants that to happen to me right now. And the Rebbe uses these words that David Amela said about Shimi, Shimi, and he says, Hashem Omar Khalil, Hashem told him to curse me. And the Rebbe says, of course, Hashem didn't tell Shimi to curse David. What that means is, if Shimi is cursing David, that means Hashem is putting those words into his mouth right now. And we're going to see a little bit later how, that, how that's going to play itself out also in a very interesting way, which I hope to get to tonight. So, Basically, David goes on and he says, listen, he says, my son who came from me wants to kill me. 
and this person is cursing me, I'll, I accept the curses. He says, maybe Hashem will see in my pain and Hashem will turn those curses into bracha instead. And the Pasuk continues that David continued walking because again, David is, is, is leaving Yerushalayim and he's going on one side of the mountain, Shimei is going on the other side and Shimei is continuously cursing David. Okay. Um, David uh, arrives to a, a place as he arrives tired in some place in the, in the woods or in the mountains and he rests and now we shift back to Yerushalayim. So Avshalom and all the, the nation that's behind him, it seems the majority of the people now are with Avshalom, come to Yerushalayim, and he is accompanied by Achitofel. Now Achitofel is another important person in this story. And perhaps we'll stop here for a moment. We have here in this story, really this story and the previous story, a few, a few people that were great people, but erred terribly as well. Um, in, uh, earlier in the story, we had Doeg, Doeg HaAdomi, who he was an advisor... Uh, Doeg was uh, one of Shaul's advisors. And Doeg was uh, responsible for the death of that whole city of Kohanim that Shaul put to death. That was Doeg. And Doeg, the Gemara says also, he was a tremendous Tamil But he relied on his own wisdom and he made some very, very big mistakes. Just like we had Doeg, we have here Achitofel. Achitofel was one of the wisest men of the Jewish people. Achitofel was the advisor to David HaMelech. Um, and he was a tremendous Torah teacher. And yet, in this point, as we're going to see today especially, he sinned terribly, he went totally off, he, become, he becomes Avshalom's advisor, gives him terrible advice, and so much so ultimately he's going to, he's going to kill himself, as, we see, as we're going to learn shortly. And it says about Achitofel, he's from the people that ain't lo chelik that he has, has no chelik lolam abba. Um, in Pirkei Avos, we read about Achitofel. Um, in Pirkei Avos, Achitofel is the one that it says that David called him my teacher. In Pirkei Avos, it says that one is supposed to give honor to any person that you learn anything from. And the one that's used as an example is Achitofel, that he taught David only two things throughout his entire lifetime. And still David called him Rabbi Alufi Midoi, my teacher. So Achitofel is, a, is you know, not a simple person at all. He's a very, very wise person. And yet, again, he, he errors greatly. And in this case, he goes with Avshalom. He leaves David and becomes Avshalom's primary, primary advisor. And that's what we have here um, in Pasuk Tesvav. Avshalom v'cholam ish Yisrael ba Yerushalayim. Avshalom and the nation with him come to Yerushalayim. V'achitofel ito, achitofel is with him. Now, Chushai Ha'arki, who's again a good friend of David's, who came to David, but David sent him back to Yerushalayim. And he's called here Re'ed David, the friend of David. Comes before Avshalom. And he says, Yechi HaMelech, Yechi HaMelech, long live the king Avshalom. And Avshalom says to Hushai, why are you coming to me? You're my father's friend. And, and Hushai says, no. He says, no, I know that Hashem you know, chose you now. And therefore, I decided to be with you. And just like I served your father, I will serve you. So this is, and again, this is Hushai buying himself into the favor of Avshalom at David's behest. Because David said, I want you to go there and be there for me. Now, Pasichav. Avshalom tells Achitofel, advise me. What do I do? Right, again, Achitofel is this accepted advisor. He was David's advisor. Everyone looks at Achitofel as the wisest of men. And Avshalom says, advise me. What do I do to, um, to, uh, to, make, to, to uh, strengthen my, my position, to make me accepted amongst the people? And here Achitofel gives Avshalom a piece of advice that's, that's hard for anyone to get their, their, their heads around. And he says, your father, David, 
had concubines. We discussed them, the Pilakshim, the concubines, women that he had relations with, although they weren't his wife, but they were uh, concubines. He says, you should go and have relations with the concubines of your father that are here in Yerushalayim. Because then, then everyone will follow you. Now, what's the logic of that? Why, if you're going to have a relationship with the concubines of your father, everyone will follow you. So Rashi and the Mepharshim say what he was saying is, everyone is a little bit nervous. You know, here you're going against your father, but tomorrow you'll make up again, and then you'll be friends, and then your father will take out his wrath on us. You have to do something that totally cuts yourself off from your father. Do something that will show that you're, you know, you're the new ruler, and you have no regard whatsoever for your father, and that will strengthen you in the eyes of the people. That's what Achitoifel tells Avshalom. Um... And 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 Chazal, there's discussion. Why did he say that? What was he thinking, Achitoifel? And some say that Achitoifel um, was doing this to get back at David. Some say Achitoifel was doing this. Achitoifel ultimately wanted to be king, and he thought that if if he would get Avshalom to do such a terrible sin, so the people would get rid of Avshalom and and instate him instead. Whatever the reason, that's what he told him to do, and that's what happens. It says that that's exactly what happens, that they take the tents where the concubines are, and everyone sees Avshalom going into the tents, and therefore Avshalom you know, blatantly shows this, this the ultimate disregard for David HaMelech. And the Pasuk says in Chav Gimel, to give us reference of how accepted Achitofel was, it says that the Atzas Achitofel, the, the, the advice of Achitofel in those days, was just like if one would ask for the word of Hashem, came kol atzas Achitofel, in the same way the advice of Achitofel was heeded by everyone, both by David initially and by Avshalom as well. And that is how Perak Tezayin ends. So what do we have in, in this Perak? We learned about uh, we learned about the story of Shimi ben Gera. We talk about Hushe Ha'arki now going over to, to Avshalom, at least making as if. And we have the advice of Achitofel. Okay, Perak Yudzayin. Perak Yudzayin is continuation of Achitofel's advice to Avshalom. And Achitofel says, he says, choose for yourself now 12,000 men. I will lead them. And we will go and conquer David HaMelech right now. He says, we know that David HaMelech just left Yerushalayim. David HaMelech can't be far. I have the ability, Achitofel says, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll head this battle. I will go with 12,000 men. We will conquer them. I will, I will take care. I will, I'll kill David HaMelech. That's Achitofel's advice to, um, to Avshalom. And then the entire nation will come under you. Everyone will accept you. You will be the new king. Avshalom says, thinks this is a wonderful idea. And all the Zikanim, whoever is with Avshalom thinks this is a good idea. Now here's where Hushai Ha'arki comes to the rescue. Well, remember, Hushai Ha'arki is the one who's here. He's the mole. He's the one who's here to protect David. And Hushai Ha'arki, uh, or Avshalom says, you know what, let's just ask Hushai. Before I listen to Achitofel's advice, before we send out 12,000 soldiers to go and kill David HaMelech, uh, let's hear, what does Hushai have to say about it? So Hushai comes before Avshalom, and Avshalom says, this is what Achitofel has advised. Um, what do you think? Should we follow Achitofel's advice? And Hushai realizes that this is what he's here for. That, and he realizes that David had Ruach HaKodesh and David sent him exactly to avert this catastrophe. And Hushai says, bad advice. He says, Lo tova ha'etza, Pasuk Zayin, Lo tova ha'etza asher yatz Achitofel bepam hazos. This etza, this piece of advice that Achitofel said was not good advice. He says, Hushai says, you know your father, David HaMelech. 
you know, he's a warrior. And he's expecting you. And if you're going to send out, you know, 10, 10 12,000 people, David HaMelech is probably hiding, not together with all the rest of the people. He's in some type of a, uh, of a pit or a cave. And he's going to come out fighting with the warrior that David HaMelech is. He's going to start killing people right and left. People are going to start being afraid. Everyone's going to run. He says, it's bad advice. You're going to lose the trust of your people. He says, my advice, says Hushai, is you have to gather all of Klal Yisrael. Don't rush. This is the only way you're ever going to conquer David. You have to carry, you know, count, conquer all the Klal Yisrael from Don unto Be'er Sheva. It's like the, like, the, um, like the sand that covers the sea. And then when you have, you know, thousands and tens of thousands of people, then you gather everyone, and then you come to David HaMelech, and then you'll be able to, to uh, conquer, to accomplish what you, to conquer and kill David HaMelech. That's what Hushai did. And what, basically what Hushai was doing was stalling for time. Because David HaMelech at this moment wasn't a great disadvantage. Because he was just running with a couple hundred people, or you know, a small, small amount of people. And if Achitofel's advice would have been accepted, they would right away run after him, and right away finish them off. So therefore Hushai uses his wisdom over here, and he gives, he says, don't do that. He says, you have to wait some time, you have to gather a big army. This, that's the only way we can conquer David HaMelech. And the Pasuk of Yudalid, um, Hushai's advice is accepted. Vayomer Avshalom v'chalish Yisrael, Avshalom, and all the people there said, Tova atzas Hushai ha'arkim atzas achitofel. That the advice of Hushai is, be- is better than the advice of Achitofel. And the Pasuk immediately continues and says, but that's not true. Really, Achitofel was right. But Vahashem Tziva Lahafir as Atzas Achitofel Hatova, it was Hashem who put it into the hearts of the people that they didn't listen to Achitofel, which was the, really the better advice for Avshalom, um, in order, because Hashem obviously wants David Melech to be saved, and ultimately Avshalom should fall. So, that is number one, the first, the first place where Hushai, where David's uh, far-ranging thinking uh, right away saved the day because it was uh, Hushai who was able to save David from this advice of Achitofel. But now the story continues. Hushai wants to pass on the message to David of what's going on, what they want to do, what the next step is. We have a battle playing itself out over here. How is Hushai going to get a message to David? So now is where the Kohanim come into use, right? Sadok and Avyasar, who are the two Kohanim, who David HaMalach also sent to Yerushalayim to be here for exactly the same purpose. Um, uh, interestingly, just interesting, we're, we're reading this, we're learning this on Hanukkah, right after also Yutas Kislev, and in the story of Yutas Kislev, this whole story plays itself out also that the Alter Rebbe sent spies to the different places of those people who were plotting against him, and that's how he was able to bring about, ultimately, that was the, the way the nace happened. And with David HaMelech, is very similar. He's sending the spies to the right places in order to ultimately um, bring about his victory. So, in Pasuk Tezvav, Hushai tells Sadok and Avyasar, the Kohanim, he says, this is, this, this is the deal, this is what Achitofel advised, and this is what I advised. We have to let David know what's going on. And David has to move. He has to keep on moving away from here. So, the two Kohanim, which are, um, which are again, Evyasser and Sadok, have, have their sons. There are two sons who are with them, Yonasan and Nachimatz. Again, these are names that we, we mentioned in the last period, two parakim ago. So, Yonasan and Nachimatz are a little bit dif- distant in a place called Ein Rogel, another city. And they sent a shifcha, a maidservant, 
to go tell. So the again the two Kohanim of Yasser and Sadok send a maidservant to their sons, Yonas and Achimatz, that they, Yonas and Achimatz, should go give the message to David Hamelah. And they start going, but they're noticed. Yonas and Achimatz, the sons of the Kohanim Gedolim, are noticed by a servant of Avshalom. And Avshalom gets the message that the two sons of the Kohanim are seeming are going on a mysterious mission, and he he suspects them. So it says that they, they, they also realized that they were noticed and they came to a, a house, it says, of someone, it doesn't say who, a base ish to a, to a man. And in that man's uh, field, there was a be'er, there was a well. And they went into the well. They went into the well to hide. And the woman of the house, who was, a, who was true to David HaMelech, it would seem, and there's Madrashim who this woman was, but this woman, it says, she covered the well with some type of a curtain, some type of a masach, a partition, and she put on top of it wheat and kernels as if there's no well there at all. So the, the servants of Avshalom came to the, and they're searching for these two men, and they, they walk in and they see the woman, they say, did you see two men? Achimatz, Yonas, and she says, I have no idea what you're talking about. And actually, she, I'm, I'm sorry, she says they went that away, they, they passed the water, they went that way, they went, they didn't find them, obviously, and they returned to Yerushalayim. And after the servants of, um, of Shalom uh, leave, so Yonason and Achimatz come out of the well, and they make it to David HaMelech. They make it to David HaMelech, and they say what's going on. They say what Achitofel has been advising. They say what Hushai Ha'arki was advising. They give over the whole, uh, the whole deal. And David HaMelech listens, and therefore he instructs his people that we're going to continue moving. Um, and they all cross over the Yardin River. And then in Pasuk of Gimel, it says something very interesting. It says, Achitofel saw that his advice wasn't heeded. And Achitofel was not used to that. Achitofel was the advisor. He was the advisor of David. He was the advisor of Avshalom. When he saw his advice wasn't heeded, he knew that the game is up. He, was, he, he, saw, he, he saw where this was headed. He realized that Hashem made that his advice shouldn't be heeded. It says, he took his donkey, went back home, and he hung himself. It says, Vayamas, he killed himself. Vayikaver bekaver aviv, he was buried there in his father's caver. And that was the end of Achitofel. He was a young man, by the way. He was this brilliant advisor. He was in his, the Gemara says, I think he was 34 or 36. Doeg also. Both Doeg, who was the, uh, one of the teachers by Shaul, as well as Achitofel, who two of the greatest, uh, wisest people, who both went very bad. Both were very young. Uh, I mean, both, the, both um, went off. Sometimes, uh, Wisdom is, is a, a blessing, but uh, could be used the other way as well. And Doeg and Achitofel are examples of that. There's a, uh, I don't want to get into it, but there's an interesting Gemara that says that um, when, before Achitofel died, he says, my children, I want to give you three pieces of advice. He says, one thing is, don't get involved in Machlokas. This is a bad idea. And the other thing he says, never fight against Malchei Beis David, the king of David. This is obviously his lifetime. And the third thing he says is that when you see that Shavuos is a very, when Shavuos is a good, sunny, nice day, that's a good time to plant wheat. <laughs> that's what he says. He says, don't do machlekes, don't fight the house of Beis David, and when Shavuos is a good day, plant your wheat. And obviously strange last pieces of advice of one of the wisest people in Tanakh, and someone who was the advisor of David and later the advisor of Shalom. And the Rebbe has a lengthy explanation in it, um, uh, esoterically, of what he was saying. I'll just say over one point that the Rebbe says there. Um, it's in a letter that the Rebbe wrote. And he says that Achitofel's problem was too much seichel. 
He says it was only wisdom. It wasn't based on your shemaim. He had his, his chachma came first. He was known as the wisest of people. And when, one's, um, when everything is based on one's wisdom, as wise as they are, they can make some very terrible mistakes. And therefore what Avshalom was saying, and I'll, I'll just skip to the final one, the strange one about the shvuas and the wheat. He says shvuas represents when we receive the Torah. When we receive the Torah, we said nasa v'nishma. We accepted to, um, that before our understanding and before our wisdom has to be our Kabbalah, Salmach, Shemaim, acceptance of the yoke of heaven, uh, and Yeras Shemaim. And therefore, and, and wheat represents Torah. Torah is like food that we take into ourselves. Wheat, bread, bread is one of the things Torah is, co- is compared to. And he says, plant your wheat when your Shavuos is healthy, when your Kabbalah, Sol is healthy, when your Yeras Shemaim is healthy, then your learning Torah will bring you to the right places. But if there isn't the proper year of Shemaim, then even though you might learn a tremendous amount, but that learning can lead you actually in a very uh, devious and negative places, as it did to me. And that's how the Rebbe sees this final piece of advice of Achitofel before he, uh, before he takes his own life, uh, when he recognizes the terrible mistakes of his own lifetime, that he followed his wisdom, and only his wisdom, to a fault, um, where that led him away from the foundations of Yerush Shemaim and from making the proper decisions. Okay, Pasuk Chav Dalid. David arrives in a place called Machanayim, and Avshalom is following him. Avshalom now is crossing the Yardin, and he's following him with, uh, it says, Kol Ish Yisrael, all the Jewish people. I don't know if it means all or a great deal amount of the Jewish people. Um, I don't know how many he managed to gather, the Pasuk doesn't say. But Avshalom is in pursuit of David. Avshalom places as his general Amasa. Um, remember, David's general all the time is Yoav, Yoav and Avishai, um, and Avshalom now takes for a general Amasa, and he becomes um, and he becomes um, Avshalom's general, and basically now there's 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 two um, there's two groups there's uh, two camps there's David and Amalek's camp with the followers of David, and there is um, Avshalom's camp with the followers of Avshalom, it would seem from the Psukim that Avshalom become, is the majority at this time. Um, further in the Pasuk, Chavzayin, Chavches, Chavtes, deals with other people who came to help David and give David food for his people. Um, and that takes us till the end of the Perik, until the end of Perik Yud Zayin. Interestingly, I, I mentioned earlier Yutas Kislev, and we talk in Yutas Kislev, we talk about the Pasuk, Pada Bishalom Nafshi Mikravli, that David HaMelech says that Hashem redeemed me from my krav, from my battles, the Mepharshim say he's talking about this battle, the battle of David against Avshalom, which was for sure the most difficult battle of David's life. Um, David had many battles. David, as we learned, fought many battles for the sake of the Jewish people, but that was against enemies. This battle is against his son, and therefore is definitely um, the most difficult for David, and as we'll see, although he's victorious, uh, David doesn't see it as a victory, um, because it's father against son. Perik Yudches. David counts the people that he's with him, and he places, he makes, he sets up for battle. And there's Sarei Alofim, there's those who are um, generals over a thousand, those who are generals over a hundred. And David divides his camp into three. And the one is led by Yoav, his primary general, Yoav ben Surya. The second, third, is led by Avishai ben Surya, Yoav's brother. And the final third is with Itai Hagiti, one of those who came to be with David and pledged his, uh, his allegiance to, uh, to David. And David tells them, I'm going to go out with you to battle as well. 
But the people tell him no. They say, you can't go out to battle because you're all they want. All they want is to kill you. They're not going to look at us even. It doesn't matter if we'll be victorious. We'll be victorious. They say, if you want to help the war, you have to stay back. And David says, okay, whatever you say. He says, whatever you say, that's what I'm going to do. And David takes their advice. He doesn't go out to the battle himself. David calls in Yoav and Avishai and Itai, who are his three generals. And he says, I have one request from you in this battle. He says, watch out. He says, don't do anything to my son. I know you're going to battle for me, and I know my son is the one who's leading the rebellion against me. He says, you need to have Rahmanas on my son. He's my son. At the end of the day, I don't want you killing my son. That was Dove's request from the three generals, Yoav and Avishai and Itai. So the Pasuk says they go out to the field, and there's a terrible battle. And Avshalom's armies fall before David's armies. Um, Avshalom's armies are greater, but nevertheless, they, they, they're, uh, the Avshalom's armies are very much destroyed in front of the three generals of David's army. It was a terrible war, and then they were in the forest, and many died in the forest as well. There was animals in the forest. It was a terrible battle. At this point, Avshalom, who is the leader of the rebellion, is riding on his mule, and he is running because his, his armies are falling apart. We mentioned much earlier, you may remember, Avshalom had very, very long hair. Um, says he was called a Nazir Olam. He would take a haircut once a year, but his hair grew very powerfully. And the Gemara says it was like almost miraculous. That it was one of the things that he had, that he has, it was different than, than regular people. He had this long and powerful hair. And at this point, this caused his death. He's driving, he's not driving, he's riding his mule, and he goes, comes under a tree, and his hair gets caught in the tree above him, in the branches above him, and the mule keeps on going, and he's caught. He's caught by his hair in the tree. And he's really hanging by his hair. Avshalom. And one of the soldiers, one of David Amalek's soldiers, saw, sees this. He sees that the, 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 you know, the general or the king or the, the head of the rebellion is hanging, you know, basically in, in the forest. So he runs back to Yoav, and he says, he made, I saw Avshalom hanging there in the tree. And Yoav says, so why didn't you kill him? I would have given you, he says, silver coins and whatever. And the person says, I should kill him? I myself heard the king tell you and your brother and the other general to have Rachmanis on his son. So I would never kill the king's son. He says, I, he says, I would never forgive myself. And Yoav says, fine, I don't need you. And Yoav goes, and as we, a little bit, I think we're picking up this uh, Yoav person from uh, many, t many stories throughout the Tanakh. He was Je David's general, and he's very devoted to David, but he's, um, he's rash. And he does things the way he feels. And here Yoav takes and he kills Avshalom. He was told clearly by David not to do exactly that, not to do that. But Yoav, in, in, this, in his dedication to David, goes even against David. And here's, you know, an, another example of that. It says he takes uh, three, three spears, three sticks, and he, he kills Avshalom. Actually, he, he starts killing Avshalom. Ultimately, ten of his, um, ten of his uh, I don't know what they call, arms bearers come around him, and they kill Avshalom. At that point, Yoav blows the shofar. Everyone hears that um, the battle is over. The war has been, has been won. And they take Avshalom's body, and they put it into a, uh, some type of a pit, and they build around, they throw on it uh, stones and many, many stones as a place to remember where he's buried. And everyone goes home. And everyone goes home. And that's the end of the war. Now, but David HaMelech doesn't know about this. 
Because as you recall, David HaMelech had asked to go to war, and he was asked by the people not to come along. So David HaMelech is wherever, wherever they were, wherever it was, and David is waiting. But now in the battlefront, everyone knows that Avshalom was dead, Avshalom was killed by Yov. So who's going to go tell David that the war is won? So who do we have? We have Achimatz ben Sadok. One of the sons of the Kohanim. Remember, we had the two Kohanim, Achimatz and Ev, I'm sorry, Evyaser and Sadok, and their sons were Achimatz and Yonasan. They were the ones who came to tell David, and they gave, they gave over the message from Hushai, the whole advice. Now Achimatz says, "Let me run and tell David the Besura." In his mind, he wants to tell David good tidings that the war has been won. But Yoav knows that although the war has been won, David's son has been killed. And Yoav tells Achimatz, don't run. This is not the type of besura. This is not the type of tidings that you want to run and give. You know, a person should always want to give good besuras. And Yoav says, Lo ish besura, Lo ish besura hayom hazeh. This is not the day of besura. This is not the day to give tidings. Bisar to biyom acher. Let, leave, and other days you should give tidings. Today, you shouldn't be the one. This is the advice of Yoav. You shouldn't want to, to tell the king that his son was killed. And instead, Yoav turns to a Kushi. Now, a Kushi literally means someone who comes from the land of Kush. And there's different opinions in the Mepharshim if it was a convert from Kush or someone who was dark like someone from Kush. But it seems like just a regular guy. Now, Yoav didn't want that, that the Kohen Gadol's son should go. And he said, go tell the king what you saw. Other Mepharshim say that he's the one who actually saw first Avshalom caught in the tree. And that's why Yoav says, go tell the king what you saw. So, so the Kushi says, fine. And he goes to tell David. Now, Achimat still says, but I want to tell David also that the battle has been won. So he runs after him. So basically you have two couriers running from the war front, from the battle front, to David HaMelech. There's Achimat, the son of the Kohen, and this Kushi, the person from, from the land of Kush. So they're both going. And ultimately, Achimatz runs faster than the Kushi, or comes from a different direction. So it says here that David is sitting where he's sitting. You know, he's davening, he's waiting to hear from the battle. And there was a tzofa, there was a, uh, a tzofa is the ones who stand on the top of the roof and see, see from a distance. Uh, there's a word for it in English. Those who, who look at a lookout, look a sentry, a lookout. So the lookout tells David, he says, someone's running from the, from the battlefront. So the David says, is it one person alone running? And he, he says, yes. He says, well, if he's is one person running, he must have tidings to us for us. And then the sentry says, I see another person running as well. There's two people running. And the king says, well, he must also have tidings. And the, the sentry, the lookout says, I see the first one running looks like Achimatz ben Sadok. He's the son of the Kohen Gadol. And the king says, oh, that he's a good person. If he's coming, he's probably with good tidings. And Achimatz comes in. And he says, HaMelech Shalom, which says, peace to the king. And he bows to the king. And Achimatz says, says, Baruch Hashem, Baruch Hashem, that he brought victory to you, um, that he brought victory to you, and all those who went against you are under our hands. You know, we were, we were, we conquered, we were victorious. Says Achimas to David HaMelech. David HaMelech has one question. 
Vayomer HaMelech, Shalom Lanar, Lav Shalom. How's my son? That's what he wants to know. He says, my son have Shalom. Is he, is he at peace? And Achimat says, you know what? I don't even know. He says, I don't know. I just know we were victorious. But I don't know exactly what happened. It's not clear if Yitaka didn't know or didn't want to say. But Achimat says, I don't know. And Dalamel says, okay, stand, stand, stand aside. There's another courier. There's another messenger from the war. And the Kushi comes in. And the, and the, the Kushi, again, this man from Kush comes in, and he says to the king that all of your enemies have been judged. And the king turns to the Kushi, and he says, Hashalom lanar Shalom. Is there peace to my son Avshalom? And the Kushi answers, he says, all those who fight the king their end should be like the end of Avshalom. And so here's where the king, here's where David Amalek gets his tidings, and that's the end of Perik Yudches, where David is told, again, the victory of the war and the death of his son Avshalom. And the beginning of Perik Yudches, David mourns his son Avshalom. Um, David became very angry, and David cried, Vayef, and he said, he was walking back and forth, he said, Bni Avshalom, my son Avshalom, Bni, Bni Avshalom, I wish I would have died instead of you. Avshalom, my son and my son. Interestingly, he uses the words my son eight times. Eight times in one Pasuk. He's, I'm sorry? Okay, I'm sorry. So, um, the, if someone has a question, on you, uh, unmute yourself, please. David in, in, in the first Pasuk of Perik Yutas uses the word Bini eight times. My son of Shalom, my son, my son, my son of Shalom. The Gemara says that when he was doing that, he was actually davening for Avshalom. And he says that every time he said my son, he was pulling him out of one of the chambers of Gehenim. It says there's seven chambers of Gehenim. And every time he was pulling him out of another chamber, another chamber. And ultimately the eighth time, bringing him to give him the possibility of ultimately, yes, being accepted in Olam Habba. It was told to Yoav, Yoav, who's the one who killed Avshalom, how much the king is crying and how much the king is mourning for Avshalom. And the Pasuk says that that day the salvation of the nation turned into a mourning for the nation. Because everyone heard how sad David HaMelech is. On the one hand, everyone, David HaMelech was saved. Um, the Jewish people were really saved. And at the same time, David is mourning. And people didn't know how to deal with it. They were, they were afraid to come to the city. They, they, they just, you know, they, they were coming back from a war victorious, but everyone's sort of slinking into their houses because the king is in, in Avelos. The king is mourning his son. And here Yoav does something very brazen, courageous. Yoav comes to David HaMelech. And he says, he actually talks uh, like Musari to David HaMelech. He says, all of your people, all of the people who stood by you, did this out of love and dedication to you. And by your just display of mourning and how sad you are and upset you are about your son, he says, you're telling all of those who love you that you hate them. He says, You're showing love to those who hated you and you're showing hatred to those who loved you. He says, all of those, all of the ministers and all the servants, they all went on Messiah's Nafesh for you. Basically, what you're telling them is that you wish that your son, who, who rebelled against you, he should be alive, which would mean that they would die. And Yov, and, 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 and David actually listens to Yov. Yov says, he says, if you don't go out to the people 
and you don't accept the people and congratulate them. He says, then tonight, not one person is going to remain with you. Now, no one's going to remain with you. You're whole, you're whole, all over, everyone who put their, their, their life in their hands for you. And this will be worse for you than the whole rebellion of Avshal. And Yoav said this out of his love for David HaMelech. And David HaMelech accepts it. In Pasuk Tess, David HaMelech comes out of his home and he sits in the gateway and he accepts. He, he greets all the people who come back from the war. He's in his heart, he's, he, he has that mourning for his son, but he does accept the word, the criticism of Yoav, and he accepts and greets all the people who, um, who went to battle for him and who were the ones who actually won this battle for David HaMelech. Yes, you have to unmute yourself. Yeah. Right. If you remember. Right. So it's interesting that David is crying here, but he didn't kill the messenger who gave him the message. Right. It is, that's interesting. It is. It is interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I could we could venture uh, thoughts and guesses on that. I don't know for sure, uh, but uh, there's a couple differences. One difference is that the one who killed Shaul is the one who killed Shaul. This messenger didn't kill Avshalom. This messenger was just telling him what happened, whereas the messenger who about Shaul was the one who actually killed Shaul. And David said, how dare you have, have reached out your hand to smite the, the Mashiach Hashem, the one who was anointed by Hashem. So that's one very blatant difference. Shaul fell on his sword. I thought Shaul fell on his sword. Right, so Shaul did fall on his sword, but that didn't kill him. He was mortally wounded. But then he asked this Amaleki boy to finish him off, which he did. So he was wounded, but he didn't, he didn't die from that. Uh, that's one thing. The other thing is, the fact is, Shaul was Mashiach Hashem, and Avshalom was not. Um, David always, when he talked about Shol, about his father, talked about the fact that he was anointed by Hashem through his Navi, Shmuel Hanavi. And that's what David always talked about. So no matter what Shol, any mistake Shol could make, in David Hamelach's mind, Shol was Mashiach Hashem. He was anointed by Hashem and he's a king and how dare anyone uh, go against him in any way. His son of Shalom, he loved like a father loves a son. But not the type of um, dedication to the one who was anointed by Hashem, because Avshalom was not. Avshalom's whole melucha was an Avera, from beginning to end. It, it, had no, it had no credence whatsoever. And it was ultimately a punishment being played out against David, but Avshalom had no right to do it whatsoever. So the stories are different, as sad as it was for David. Um, in Pasuk, in Pasuk Yud, we have the Jewish people now are regrouping. You know, it's basically all the Jewish people that had gone with Avshalom are now saying like, okay, it's, it, the game's over. It's time to, it's time to accept David HaMelech again. You remember, Avshalom was very um, charismatic and he also used different types of trickery when he gathered the people around him. And at this point, it's very evident to everyone that uh, they have to go back to, to David HaMelech. Um, Interestingly, going back for a moment to Pada Vishalom, which we talked about so much on Yutes Kislev, there uh, the Pasuk says, uh, David HaMelech says, Pada Vishalom Nafshim Yikravli, that Hashem redeemed my soul from the battles. Kibirabim Hoyu Imodi. Hashem was with me with, with the many. And what does it mean, Birabim? So Rashi says, and Hasidus brings it a lot, that David HaMelech says that even Anshe Avshalom, even the men of Avshalom, Hispalulu Lishlom David. They were davening for David, which means 
Everyone knew in their heart of hearts that David HaMelech was David HaMelech Yisrael. No, no one really thought Avshalom was worthy of being the king. Again, he was charismatic, and he was strong, and he was powerful, and he was able to amass and create this rebellion. But ultimately, the heart of Klal Yisrael was with David, not with Avshalom. That's Kibarabim Hoyui Madi. Even Anshay Avshalom, even the men of Avshalom, ultimately never really gave up on David. And at this point, that's what they're saying. They want to uh, reinstate, they want to reaccept David as their Melech. Um, David calls for Tzadok and Avyasar the Kohanim, and they say, everyone is returning to the king, everyone's returning to the king, why wouldn't, you, you should be the first, you know, after you're, you're my Kohanim, you were there for me. Um, and then David sends out a message, a message to Amasa. Amasa was the one that Avshalom had made his general. And David says, I want you to come back also, he says, at the end of the day, we're family, we're also from the same Sheva. Um, and he says, you'll be, a, you'll be a general by me too. And it says that all of Klal Yisrael, uh, the, their, their heart is strengthened to, to David. First, Shevet Yehuda, always they're the ones that are closer to David. And they send messengers to bring the king back to Yerushalayim. Um, and the, the Melech comes back, he comes back to the Yardane. And the men of Yehuda come to the Gilgal to bring him back to Yerushalayim. And who shows up? Shimi ben Gera. Shimi ben Gera is this person who was a descendant of Shaul, who had come and he was cursing in last parak, he was cursing David and he was throwing stones at David. And he comes, he comes with a thousand people with him from the tribe of Binyamin. And together with Siva, who was the um Siva is the one who was in charge of uh, who was the servant of Mipibaishas. And everyone's coming before the king. Um and Shimi comes and he falls, uh, he falls to the to the ground, bowing to David Amalek. And he says, he said, don't remember my sin. He says, this, that I cursed you on that day it was a mistake. I, I didn't realize. I thought Avshalom should be the king. I know today that I sinned. I come to you now the first from all of my shavit to come before you to accept you as my king. And Avishai ben Suriya, again, David, one of David's generals, again, says to David, this person is high of Misa. This person must be put to death. He cursed the king. He stoned the king. The ultimate Meirid b'malchus, the ultimate um, rebellion in the king. And David says, no, he says, he says, today is the day that I'm being reinstated as king. He will not die. And he tells Shimi, he swears to him that he will not be put to death. And then Mipibayshas comes before the king. Again, Mipibayshas is Yonis and son. And, and Siva had told David that Mipibayshas was, uh, was, um, was happy that David was deposed, that, that he, was re he was also rebelling. And Mipibayshas comes before the king and he tells, he says, my servant lied to you, tricked you. He says, I never, I never um, went against the king. I couldn't come because I was lame. As you know, I'm lame. My servant just left without me. And, and David accepts him as well. And David says, stop, stop apologizing. He says, everything, I never took anything from Shaul. I'll never take anything from Yonason. Of course, your money is yours. Your field is yours. So David accepts, again, he accepts all of them. He accepts Shimi and he accepts Mepibayshas. And then we have a person, Barzilai Hagilodi. He was an elder person who also had come as a friend of David during these battles. And he was, it says he's an Israeli man of 80 years old. And David says, come back with me to Yerushalayim and I'll, I'll reward you. And he says, I'm an old man, I'm 80 years old. What, am I, what kind of reward can you give me? I, would, I want to just go home and live out the rest of my life there. My son, he says, I have a son named uh, Kimhom. And he'll come with you, and he'll be glad to be your servant. Um, 
and David and David says fine, and he sends off Barzillai, kisses him, and he sends him off. And his son Kimam joins David, and he comes back to Yerushalayim with him. Um, the pasuk, the pasuk just describes as David is returning to Yerushalayim, and again he's surrounded by the Shevet Yehuda primarily. And uh, here we have an interesting uh, argument, if you will, that the other Shvatim, there's Shevet Yehuda, there's one Shevet, the other Shvatim come and say, why are you the ones reinstating David Amalek? We're all his servants, we all want to accept David Amalek on us. But Shevet Yehuda says, but he's our Shevet, David Amalek comes from us. But they say he's the king of all of Kal Yisrael. You're only one Shevet, you're only a tenth. We should be the ones, and, and, and that was a debate between them, but ultimately it was a debate of Shalom, and everyone at this point... Um, everyone at this point uh, accepts David HaMelech, even those that went with Avshalom, and of course those who were friends with David throughout the time. David returns to Yerushalayim and is being accepted by Klal Yisrael, and that's how Perik Yutes, the 19th chapter, finishes. And that's where we're going to stop for now. It's not, uh, it's not the end of the story, but uh, at least the, the, war, that battle, the war is, be, is behind us at this point.